You're listening to PX Space, a patient experience podcast devoted to the human side of healthcare. With your hosts, Ashton Elder and Linda Robinson, the Vice President of Clinical Excellence at MDM Healthcare. So today on PX Space, we are talking about something I know, Linda, that you are incredibly passionate about, and that's nurses. And more specifically, how do we make today and tomorrow a better day for nurses? You know, I've been hearing a lot in industry news about resilience and well-being. What does that mean to nursing? Well, I'm going to start with resilience, and I'll tell you why. I have been a nurse for more years than I want to say, 35. And I was at the bedside for at least 28 of those years. And um, resilience meant to me that I had strength, perseverance, resolve. It was a never give up kind of word. I was going to go down with the ship. I used to think that when the ED was falling apart and they needed help and they would call and say, Hey, Linda, can you pick up four hours? You know, we're getting killed here. We're diverting to another hospital. And I'd say to myself, how can they hurt me in four hours? I can do this. They can't hurt me in four hours. Resiliency had a positivity to it. It came out of you. I'm not whipped. You know, it it is that that whole, you know, like I said, going down with the ship sort of thing. And, you know, you would say, okay, who's working? Before you might say, I'm going to work an eight-hour shift. And they would name the names. And you'd say, okay, it's the A-team. Everybody in in healthcare knows this. Nurses know this. If you've got the A-team with you, when there's a code, nobody leaves you in that room by yourself. You turn around and that team is there. And, and, you know, it's funny. So many times part of the A-team might be the most unfriendly person on the staff, but they were one heck of a nurse. And if something went down, they were right behind you, there to help you all the way. And so, you know, it was that feeling. It's that experienced nurses that have that resiliency. They know what they're doing. When things get rough, the tough get going. And um, during COVID, we saw that, you know, these same experienced nurses really had to dig down deep. And like that experienced nurse, that that A-team, they were always behind you. But staffing got so thin and so much of so many of the experienced nurses, as we talked about before, were leaving and they weren't always there to be there for the newer inexperienced nurses. So where did they learn that resiliency? You know, where was their A team? So, um, you know, nurses have to be resilient. We've been doing it for a long time. You see suffering on a daily basis. You grieve for your patients and you still go home to your family at the end of the day. They had it left in their tank. The inexperienced nurses at the beginning of COVID hit the ground running and they're probably still running, wondering, is this really what I signed up for? If you look at the definition of resilience, not my definition, but the actual definition, it's the capacity of a person to maintain their core purpose and integrity in the face of dramatically changed circumstances. The ability to not only overcome setbacks, but to also move forward. That is incredible. And it's basically what I just said, but far more eloquently. But this is where our more experienced workforce and, you know, how do we move that inexperienced workforce forward? It's through leadership, it's through mentorship, readily available, effective resources. 
We cannot leave them behind on an island or hung out to dry. They can't be in that room with that full code all alone. They need the A-team behind them. And that is the hospital, that's nursing leadership, that's management on that unit, and that's all the other staff. So going from resilience now to well-being, there's really not a great definition out there of well-being, but it's mostly this, this presence of positive emotions and moods, contentment, happiness. Now, I can't say everybody's content at work. I would never say that. And I can't say that we have the absence of negative emotions, nor should we think that every time we go into a situation where we need to be resilient, that we would have uh, this absence of negative emotions. Sometimes negative emotions can be very positive. You know, I, I'm i type A, obviously. And when things get tough, sometimes that's when I do my best work. When I get a little stressed, sometimes that's when I am at my peak. All the, all the cylinders are firing, so to speak. However, during COVID, it became increasingly difficult to get into that positive place. You know, like I said before, it's not uncommon to have negative emotions or to, you know, have to deal with anxiety, but it got to the point that it was really straining nurses. And not just a few nurses, but all groups of nurses. Um, you know, I went to back to the bedside and I've talked about that for just about six months to get when COVID first started and I was working from home and they wanted nurses to come back, experienced nurses. And, you know, I saw all that stress, that strain, wearing, you know, two masks, covered in PPE at all times, baking my mask before I would leave work. Then later when I was at Bon Secours, you know, talking with groups of nurses, witnessed the tears, the grief, the agony, and the helplessness that they felt. The resilience was fading, or they were so experienced, they just didn't have it in their tank. That brought the Joint Commission Sentinel Event Alert, Issue 62. And this was in February of 2021. And it was called Voices from the Pandemic, Healthcare Workers in the Midst of Crisis. Nurses were exhausted, working long hours, and their resolves were shot. Hospitals were offering overtime, bonuses to work overtime. Where's the work-life balance? Many left nursing for multiple reasons, leaving those who stayed behind, short-staffed and overwhelmed. Overworked nurses often don't realize that they are putting their own mental health and health at risk. You know, hearing you talk about resiliency and well-being, it really seems like those two concepts are related. Can you explain a little bit about how they play off one another? Certainly. So I agree 100%. I think you need both. I think they collide. And I have to ask you, and I ask everybody listening to this, do you think nurses have been so resilient in the past? I mean, we have always held the hand of a dying person, welcomed souls in, into this world. We've been so resilient in the past, facing adversity, that our well-being was never really top of mind. And that that's kind of a bitter pill to swallow for me. As I said, I, I have loved being a nurse. I have absolutely loved being a nurse. I did not work full-time during the pandemic, but I, as a nurse at the bedside, but I was working with nurses and I did do, you know, six months, listen to the news, all of that. And if you think about it, 
nurse fat satisfaction and working conditions have an impact on patient care quality, specifically patient safety and satisfaction. So at the end of the day, the majority of nurses over the last couple of years were really not being given the proper tools to cope. It started coming on after, you know, hospitals started getting it together, but they weren't there before. And and that's kind of that point that I'm making. We were so resilient before. We were well prepared to hit the units. We had mentors. Um, all of that was, was great, but we were still seeing, you know, um, situations that were beyond our control. But then when the pandemic came in, there just weren't these extra pieces there. Our voices really weren't being heard. We often talk about shared leadership and our needs simply weren't being met. So healthcare had to take notice. They had to take nurses. Nurses were leaving, um, it, it became dire. And the framework to optimize healthcare system performance went from the triple aim to the quadruple aim. They began to listen. Healthcare began to listen. Nurses were very loudly speaking out and just the anguish that everyone was seeing. And they found out that they had to add to that triple aim, team experience and well-being. What was the experience? What was workflow optimization? Where was work-life balance? It wasn't, we'll give you bonus money. We'll give you overtime. Just come work, 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 work as many hours as you can. You know, what about the family at home? What about they're dealing with COVID or uh, schools are closed, children with masks, teenagers that weren't seeing their peers. So there's so many things. So the world woke up in many ways um, and, and healthcare saw that. So, you know, when you get online and you look about and you're all gonna know these things and it says, you know, this is what you need to do to have a great day. So how do we make our day? How do we get up in the morning and make our day into a good day? How do we make tomorrow an even better day than today? And they always say number one, and you all can say, get enough rest, sleep. Sleep's great, but um, I'm a cynical ED nurse. My brain never starts working. I work, you know, working 12 hour shifts. Many of you all work in 12 hour shifts. Sometimes they're day shift, night shift. Um, menopause, kids, uh, you got to have that glass of wine, one glass of wine at night, which wakes you up around 3 a.m. So getting enough rest, it's great and it's easy to say, not so easy to do, but we have to focus on it. And that's when we cannot be cynical. You know, you have to take care of yourself. As I said before, we don't realize that stress and all of these, these pressures on the outside um, can really harm us. Uh, emotionally and physically, uh, mental health is extremely important. Be active, exercise. You know, you've got to be active. You have to exercise. And when you do, really, that's um, that's meditation when you exercise. So you can't just do it at work. You need to do it out in the open or at a gym. Put your headphones on and get into a different space. Meditate a little bit. Eat a healthy diet. That's another one that's really hard when you work shifts. I lived on Nutty Buddies when I worked night shift. I would pretty much eat any food that was in the nursing um, break room that was put on the table. However, comfort food is great, but you cannot eat it all the time. You need to eat a healthy diet. So very important. So get enough rest, be active and exercise, eat a healthy, healthy diet. 
it. I talked a little bit about meditation, music, deep breathing, mindfulness. Another way to make it a better day is get a pet. <laughs> stress, stress relief, walk your dog, the power of pets, mood boosting, reducing stress, anxiety, depression. People with pets live longer. So problem solved, get a pet. You know, what do you think hospitals and nurse leaders could do to promote well-being um, and resiliency within their organizations? Very good question. So there has been a lot of innovation um, throughout COVID and it continues, which is very exciting. But as I said, think about your organization. Do you find that your nursing leadership is listening? Um, again, like I said, until um, February of 2021, they didn't even add to the triple aim um, of healthcare well-being. Are they listening? Are they supportive? Are innovative ideas welcomed and realized? I mean, you know, oh yeah, we like that idea, but they never do anything with it. Um, do you have shared governance in place? Do you have a voice? Mindfulness huddles. Be self-aware, which we are not many, many times. Um, like I said, I'm a, I'm British, so it's that stiff upper lip. You know, you don't show that you are um, bare. It's not a weakness. So many times we feel like if we cannot handle a situation and nurses are really bad about this, um, we're not so self-aware. We feel that we are, we appear weak if we cannot handle a situation. That's what the A-team's about. You know, you've got someone who's got your back. You have a peer uh, network. Rounding on staff, it's very important that leaders round on staff um, and get that uh, voice in a non-judgmental way. And I often say leaders should not round in suits. They should not round in a coat and tie. They should, um, nurse leaders should have on scrubs. If it's an executive who is not a, um, a healthcare person, they should come without a jacket. That is just a barrier between someone who is not going to tell you honestly how they feel and what's going on. Code lavenders can be instituted. That is the code that is called when there's a massive stressful event or a series of stressful events, it can occur to just one nurse on a unit. It's not uncommon for a nurse maybe to have two codes in one day or more than one or two patients die in a day. Many COVID uh, nurses that were working on COVID units have multiple patients die on them a day. That is unbelievable stress and can really overwhelm someone. So call a code lavender. Um, I've worked on many policies around code lavenders. Who responds? What is the team? You know, anybody can answer a phone. Executives can go to that unit and they can relieve staff and answer answer the phone. Um, can other units spare um, one or two nurses? That is, if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. Chaplain-led programs, chaplains that go from unit to unit to unit. Again, very hard during COVID because you of exposure and you didn't want to spread um, any um, virus across the hospital, but chaplains that can visit or just a phone call away. Meditation rooms, massage chairs, again, a great idea. But during this time and with nursing shortage, who has the time to go to a meditation room and a massage chair? Honestly, it's that, it's that car ride to and fro work um, when I can get out to that car or it's when I go to the bathroom and shut off the light. I may not even have to go to the bathroom. I just need to go in there and find myself and shut off the light and focus on something else. Compassion skills training, not only for nurse leadership, but nurses for everybody. 
postcode blue pause programs, very important. I can tell you many, many, many times I've held hands with healthcare workers around um, a patient postcode. Um, it is helpful for this, the unbelievably helpful for the staff. Um, reflective pauses added to huddles. Uh, many organizations are now doing huddles before every shift and you can talk, you can reflect on something that happened that was positive during another shift. Maybe it was sad, but it was still um, something that could bring you solace and you share those stories. Story time, story sharing during huddles is very important. Gratitude journaling, we've talked about journaling a lot. Leadership training and burnout, peer support groups. There's been a lot of talk about apps. Apps are great, but you know what? You gotta have a password, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And sometimes there's just not enough time for that. Um, and so when I was at Bon Secours Mercy, I worked with a subgroup of um, nursing professional development associates. And we said, you know, what can we do? What can we we look at? And we we researched all these apps and it, it nothing was just that quick. And like I said before, maybe it's that four minutes, three minutes you have to go to the bathroom because that's what we would tell folks. Just, just get off the unit for a minute. And you would go in the bathroom and you would shut off the light, take a deep breath, cry, whatever you needed to do. And that was the aha moment. We were like, why don't we come up with a QR code? And they can put their phone up to that QR code and it can be guided imagery. And we called it stop, breathe, repeat. And so um, we actually created a badge buddy to put on their hospital badge that all they had to do was turn their badge over, take their phone, put the QR code up there, and it immediately started. And this was a chaplain who had been rounding um, across one of the hospitals. She wasn't at all of the entire system, but she was at that hospital and they all knew her and recognized her voice. However, she had such a calming presence and she did you know, that guided imagery and she started at the top of your head and she went to the bottom of your toes and it was a four minute thing. Stop, breathe, repeat. And like I said, we say it to our patients. Now it's time to say it to ourselves. You know, it's a it was a quick relaxation resource when you needed to get away and you could do it anywhere. Maybe it was in the bathroom. Maybe it was in the hallway. How many pictures have we seen of nurses in hallways? Maybe it was in that car ride on the way home. So a very important um, mechanism to provide relief immediately. And my very last um, way that hospitals can promote well-being is simply by promoting joy. There is so much research on smiling and kindness and not only what it does to those that see you smiling, now you're not going to smile in an inappropriate situation. Um, there, you, you know, I am of the firm belief that if the family's crying and it's okay for you, you to release that as well if you need to, now you're not going to break down in sobs. But it, it is comforting to a family to know that you care. And so it's so important. Um, to promote joy, to smile when you can, to promote kindness, um, to care, to be empathetic. Um, research shows us that smiling and kindness has such a positive effect on not only on ourselves, but on our coworkers, 
and pretty much everybody that we see, and that is patients, families, visitors, care partners, physicians. Um, it's so important and it does help provide us work-life balance um, because we smile at home. Let's bring that into the workforce. So uh, Linda, do you have any final thoughts on the subject? So Ashton, I really would like to add here that at MDM, our experience team is dedicated to healthcare innovation and transformation. The power of technology in healthcare settings is most impactful when incorporating clinical nurses, bedside nurses. We know that nurses are the cornerstone of the healthcare system. And right now they're stretched thin during this unprecedented time. We wanna help support you. Journey PX, our patient engagement solution has the capability to support care delivery by leaning down clinical workflows, automating the patient education process, offloading non-clinical tasks, and offering the capability of video connect into the patient room, reducing exposures, while still maintaining that face-to-face -face personal contact. We can help save nurses and the healthcare team valuable time and steps during this critical period. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Linda. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you for listening to PX Space. For more information, head to our website at journeypx.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter.